The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, everyone, to Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host and publisher of Regenerate Magazine that you can check out at regeneratemagazine.com. Thank you for joining us, whether it's live or on demand. We love you, our listeners, and want to support you and everyone who embrace the notion that although you may be members by birth of the baby boom generation or Gen X or Gen Y, that you can choose to be members of Generation Regeneration or Gen R by the daily choices you make to regenerate your body, mind, spirit, lifestyle, and career. And as many of you know, we added a new feature this year. The first show of every month will be dedicated to the Abundance Cubed group coaching program for wellness entrepreneurs. My guest today, Noam Kastuki, is a successful business coach, creator of masterpieces, and my collaborator for this program. You can learn more about him at artofamagicallife.com. Welcome to the show, Noam. It's great to have you back. Hi, Sandra. Now, five entrepreneurs are participating in our 12-month coaching program, and we've covered many relevant topics with them. Our shows up to this point have covered defining your brand, optimizing your social media presence, rocking your website, improving your relationship with money, and pricing of your products and services. So if you miss these shows, you can catch the podcasts on demand, and you can also learn about our entrepreneurs by following our Abundance Cube Radio for Wellness Entrepreneurs Facebook page. And many of you may recall who our five entrepreneurs are, but in case you don't, let me give you a quick review. We have five women joining the Abundance Cube program, and the first one is Jill Berenz. And she is the director and owner of Pathways to Wellness in Fort Collins. It's a brick-and-mortar wellness center that features a lot of holistic modalities, workshops, and classes. And our next one is Jonay DeBrule. She's an organic farmer in Michigan. And our third one is Lisa Ponister. She's a movement specialist and Feldenkrais practitioner in Michigan. And we also have Perul Agrawal who is a wellness and business coach in Phoenix, Arizona. And last but not least, we have Sarah Mask, who's an esthetician in Fort Collins, Colorado. And today, we're going to review the group coaching session led by Gnome on strategies for selling your products. Very important stuff. But before we get to that, actually, we'd like to take a step back for a moment because we're about halfway through the program at this point, and what Noam did at the beginning of the last coaching session was actually asked each of our entrepreneurs 
what has changed for them since the beginning of the program? So I think they all gave very insightful answers. So Noam, would you like to summarize what you heard from our entrepreneurs on that? Yes, absolutely. Um, so we had a range of uh, different answers. What's interesting is that you'll notice that a, a lot of the answers are um, related really to how they feel inside. Um, and what I asked them is, what is it that they've seen change and what is the next step for them? So um, we had things like uh, from Janae, she, she said that um, she's feeling more insightful, more engaged. She understands better the value that she creates outside of money. Um, and she's also um, feeling less uh, uh, disturbed by external influences. And so that means that for her, the next step is being able to figure out whether she wants to grow smaller or whether there's other possibilities for her, which is very exciting. Um, Sarah told us about uh, how she feels more confident. She's got better awareness of uh, money. Understand better what she, why she does what she do. And like Janet, she understands her worth a lot better. So again, this idea of understanding your own value. Um, Parul told us about uh, being more clear about what she wants to do um, and then something that I felt very very uh, touched by is that she feels that now she's really giving 100% of herself to the clients mm. um, and that's beautiful she feels that also she's giving herself the chance to test the water and know what works so that means that for her, the next step will be to be able to optimize on everything she's learned. She's uh, taken a very uh, engineering kind of approach, a scientific approach to this, testing uh, different models and now she can implement them. So that was pretty cool. Um, Lisa, uh, for, for Lisa, it was a lot around her getting out of her comfort zone, her gaining, again, confidence and her... Um, getting on social media, making videos, and trying things like ad, ad, uh, adverts, creating her website and realizing that technology doesn't have to be scary. So for her, where she's heading next is figuring out how to translate her new clarity and the getting out of her comfort zone into money and reaching more people. And then finally was Jill. Uh, she said that what's changed is that now she is where she wants to be in terms of day-to-day -day work because she used to be very operational and she's finally let go of that to be most, take a more strategic perspective, a more senior position in a way in her own organization. So she understands better her role and, um, and she feels that she's been able to kill the old to plan the new. So next for her is to let the new rise up and like uh, we spoke about last month she's now ready to basically go back to the start of the abundance good program with the branding marketing and setting the dna of the business fascinating and i think that as a result of this experience over the last six months all of these entrepreneurs have gained an appreciation for the value of coaching because a lot of people don't actually have the opportunity to work with a coach as skilled as yourself. And they have gotten to, and it's had a pretty dramatic effect on how they view themselves, how they view their business, how they're able to 
think perhaps in more quantified terms about their business mm -hmm. and be able to move forward in a way that allows them to maximize their profit making potential. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's, it's maximizing potential and, and gaining the awareness. And very often the, the, the thing that people get wrong is people want very often entrepreneurs often want uh, advisors. They want consultants, people who tell them what to do with a very specific recipe. And that may work in some industries. It may work in some places where there is a sort of cookie cutter model. But when working with people who are doing things that are new, that are different, uh, people who are on the edge of their industries, there's no cookie cutter model. And so the only way to find the answer is to find it from the, the client itself, from the, the person, from the entrepreneur themselves and f helping them find the answer that they didn't have. And um, that's what I find exciting also with uh, these five uh, entrepreneurs that they're so open and they're so um, keen to go there and to, uh, and to explore like that. So yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun and it'll be really cool again at the end of the year asking them the same question after mm -hmm. this whole 12-month experience. Absolutely. Yeah, so we will definitely come back and revisit that. And also in tangible terms, um, I, can't, I can't remember the numbers on top of my head, maybe you can, uh, but some of the, 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 these entrepreneurs are actually getting great results financially already. They're, they're doing very big growth, fast growth. They're, they're doing new things that they weren't doing before. So. Um, there's also a very practical thing, not just uh, these emotional states. Correct. Very correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. So now let's talk about your coaching session uh, in June where you talked about selling and sales strategies with each of our entrepreneurs. And let's start with Jonay. And if everybody remembers, Jonay is an organic farmer in Michigan. And what I'm finding most interesting about this experience with Janae is I recently read a book called The Sheer Ecstasy of Being a Lunatic Farmer. And it was written by a very well-known regenerative farmer named Joel Salatin. And he has a farm in the Shenandoah Valley of the United States. And he's very well known for his farming methods, which regenerate the land as opposed to depleting it, which a lot of chemical intensive farming methods do. And he's also very outspoken about where the role of the farmer should be in United States society. And it's his strong opinion that farmers should be considered white collar professionals and should have a salary to match that. Because why would we not want the best and brightest and most innovative people growing our food? which is something which is so fundamental. And so what I see happening with Janae is very interesting, is I think she's beginning to see herself more in those terms, that farmers should be able to take vacations and should be able to have a good salary and should be able to earn a good living. And Janae is definitely an example of a bright and passionate and hardworking woman who should be able to gain all these things from that profession. So it's very interesting for me uh, watching her make this transition. It's very cool. I agree 100% with you. What's very exciting with Janae is that 
she has like a she has a long background she's got a lot of experience she's done a lot of things and the moving into farming uh, i think had a an interesting effect that i've seen in quite a few of my clients and some friends also actually a lot of my close friends are going through that same shift which is that we're all brought up or i think a lot of us in the western world we're brought up with this idea that uh, there's, yeah, like these white collar jobs, there's like these good jobs and stuff you do with your hands isn't as intellectual yeah. and that it's not as uh, difficult or challenging intellectually. And that's what I think that Jonay is finding now is that when she moved into farming, I think that she fell into that trap in a way mm. of putting herself in, well, I'm just a farmer now. Yeah. Well, now she's shifting from, wait, 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 I'm a farmer, but I'm a lot more than just a farmer. Correct. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a businesswoman. I'm also a teacher. I'm an educator. I'm someone who can write. I'm someone who uh, can bring people together. And so she's starting to realize that, yeah, she doesn't have to fit within a mental image that she has and that I guess most of us have of what it is to be a farmer. Right. And I, it's, it's really great to see her busting out of that mold, as I think all farmers should. I think we should put them many notches higher uh, from where they are right now. So let's talk about the conversation you had regarding selling her products and maximizing her profitability. What are, what are some of the things that you, that you talked about? Um, what we talked about with Janae was finding how she can sell things that she never thought of selling and who she can sell to that wasn't on her radar before. And so she started, you know, exploring and I really liked, you know, her, her thinking. So she talked about potentially teaching in colleges and university, um, in community colleges, they are looking at uh, entrepreneurship uh, education uh, in private school. They now want to grow their own food so she could help with consulting on how to do that. Uh, there's a lot of hosp hospitals who now want to have their own uh, also uh, homegrown food. And again, she could consult or deliver these kind of services. And on that note, it's time for our break. Thanks again for everyone for joining us today. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with business coach, creator of Masterpieces, and my collaborator for the Abundance Cubed Adventure and Expansion, Noam Kastuki. We're reviewing last month's coaching session on the topic of selling your products and services. Stay close, and we'll see you soon with more cool stuff. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. GMOs or genetically modified organisms are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Introducing the Abundance Cubed coaching program on Gen R Holistic Radio. 
Wellness entrepreneurs who integrate the best of modern and holistic approaches will fix our broken food and healthcare systems. So host Sandra Maholtra and creator of Masterpieces, Noam Kostuki, are going to empower them to do just that. We will help five entrepreneurs grow and unlearn limiting beliefs during this program. You too can learn alongside them by turning into Gen R Holistic Radio the first Tuesday of each month. Join us for an adventure in expansion. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with business coach, creator of Masterpieces, and my collaborator for the Abundance Cubed coaching program, Noam Kostuki. We're so thrilled that you joined with us today. So let's move on to parole now. And what I found interesting about your conversation with Perul, who is uh, a health and wellness coach and a business coach, she's written a book on juicing, which was very well received. And what you talked about with Perul was how to sell her coaching services. Mm-hmm. And you requested that she come up with a list of prospects. And apparently she came up with a list of about 200. And what she was wondering about was how to approach them because nobody likes a pure sales call, right? Where you pick up the phone and somebody is immediately trying to sell you something. That's kind of a turnoff. And you gave her very good advice about calling and talking about them. So can you expand on that? Because I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs can use actually when they're cold calling. Absolutely. Um, this is the idea of if you want people to be interested in you, the first thing is to get interested in them. Um, And so the advice I gave her was to start figuring out what is it that the people that she wants to work with, what do they want? What interests them? Um, What are their dreams? What's not going well? And um, in her case, she has, she's now expanding into the business world and that's where, her coaching is, which is very different than what she did with the food. Uh, well, in a way, it's very different than with the food because with the food, she knew very well that with the juicing, people come to lose weight, Kiko come to be healthier. When it comes to the business coaching, it's uh, a little more subtle. And like you said, people don't want to, it's a more premium product. So it's not something that people do as an impulse buy, um, which is what you can get with a book or with the, the other services that um, she offers. But there it's like people wanting to have a human relation. And so for, for Parole, it was all about figuring out what is it that interests them, what is it that um, is important for them right here, right now, and what is it that they want to do that they're not doing and that they can't, they can't do. By doing that, she can now figure out how she can add the value and how she can help people go from where they are now to where they want to be. And my belief and what I see in my experience is that when 
you focus always on the other person, what happens at some point is that they ask questions and they say, wait, so what do you do? How do you do it? And that's when she can um, return, the, flip the conversation and say, well, you know, the way I help people is X, Y, and Z. And here's the, co the coaching program that I offer. And now she can start doing one by one. And again, the idea for her is like it's a bit of a numbers game. It's talking to as many people as she can. Um, and I know that she has very good conversion rates uh, with her webinars and with everything she does. So it's really for her a question of having these conversations and getting comfortable with it. Yes. And you also went through a numerical exercise with her where you talked about the conversion rate. You talked about where she's at with her one-on-one -on -one clients, where she's at with mm -hmm. online clients, figured out how many or, or the maximum number of each that she would be comfortable with, mm -hmm. and then sort of worked back from there as to how many people she really needs to reach out to as prospects to see if she can convert them into clients of some sort. So again, coming back to working with the numbers, the yes. of working with the numbers, which probably a lot of folks in healing professions may not be so comfortable with, but it is very important to actually invoke that left side of your brain. You got to do it. Absolutely. And like you said, the, the idea with the numbers is that you work backwards. Yeah. You figure out if you want so many clients, um, knowing that one in 10 conversations will result in a client. So you have to make assumptions, right? And that's what we did here is that we looked at her conversion in other places. And we said, if you have 20% conversion from webinars to people paying you for services, then we're going to use that number as the baseline. Yeah. And we're going to say that, yeah, if you want to have 10 clients, 20% conversion rate, it means you need to have 50 conversations. And then you sort of work backwards. If you have 50 conversations, how many people you need to reach out to? Knowing that, like you said, nobody, nobody likes to receive cold emails. So you won't get 50 conversations out of send, sending 50 emails. Some people will be busy. They will ignore it. It won't interest them. So that's where you start with the list of 200. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was really good advice for her. And it seems to make a lot of sense that now that she has uh, a good handle on her numbers, there are some assumptions there, but she has, she has a handle and has a number of prospects that she wants to reach out to. And you gave her advice as to how to do that in a very interesting way so that the conversation isn't just about her selling something, but forming a connection mm -hmm. and, and then looking for uh, business possibilities there, I guess a, a little bit more organically. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, what's and what's great with Parul is that she's got a system in place. Yeah. Her system thinking really helps her uh, create what I call nets. They're sort of uh, they're like spider spider webs, actually. She just sort of put all these nets all around the web and throughout all her activities. And the more she puts them all over the place, the more people will be caught in the net and be like, "Hey, wait a second, this is interesting." And now she's got conversation. I think that that's what she's consistently since the beginning of program done really well. Okay, so now let's move on to another one of our entrepreneurs, Sarah Mask. And Sarah is an esthetician in Fort Collins, Colorado. And what's been interesting about Sarah's journey for the past six months is I think she's really defining how she wants her career to evolve in a way that makes her happy overall. 
because what struck me about Sarah, and I've known her for several years because I live in Fort Collins too, mm -hmm. is she's very ambitious. She has put herself out there in so many ways, signed up for a lot of different trainings, um, very specific esthetician coachings. Mm -hmm. uh, she's in a holistic health program at Front Range Community College, many, many things. And so she's just been learning so much over the past number of years. And I think now it's all coming together and it's helping her. You're, I think your emphasis also on uncovering your personal masterpiece. What is it that makes you unique and you happy? She's beginning to realize what makes her happy. Mm -hmm. And for her, it's balancing, a lot of balance in her personal life and her professional life. And even using that balance to her advantage. So you wanna talk about that for a moment? Absolutely, and, uh, and this is uh, the, the interesting thing with Sarah was when she said that she realized that 150 clients was actually too much for her. And that she actually had an upper limit. Uh, because, yeah, she's discovering that her lifestyle is important and that her lifestyle is part of her sales process. Yes. Um, and we're in uh, an industry where the founder's lifestyle or the entrepreneur's lifestyle is very often the best marketing for what they do. You talked about how, for example, the more personal she gets, like with her social media activity mm. and with her clients when she's with them, giving them a treatment, that the more new people she tends to attract because she's letting people see her authentic self and it makes sense that you would want an esthetician who knows how to take care of themselves because then they're taking care of you too. Um, if you were to have an esthetician who's stressed out and harried and all over the place, uh, that's not a very welcoming environment to be in because when you go to get something like a facial treatment, you want to be relaxed and you want to feel like you're being taken care of. And so by her having her personal life as a really rewarding place for her, she's just able to convey that. And also by working herself into that position, being in that financial position, what she ultimately wants to do is coach other estheticians how to get there also. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and what's like you said, what's beautiful um, with Sarah is that she's understanding her authentic self being the best thing she can do to attract people to her. Yes. Um, that she doesn't have to be, again, very similar to Jonay, I guess, in that sense, that she doesn't have to be the stereotype that she has in her head of how estheticians, uh, maybe how other estheticians live, how other estheticians function and do things. She realized that she can do it her own way. Yeah. And I like the conversation with her on um, also talking about how stressed she wants to be and how much she actually wants to work. Yeah. And that sometimes by working less, sometimes by doing less, she, she can look after herself better. And that means that she look after her clients better. That's right. And like you said about the mastermind uh, for estheticians or a whole sort of idea of being able to help other estheticians do what she does, the only way that they're going to be inspired is by seeing her being congruent.
Um, and that's why with uh, Sarah, a lot of what uh, we're talking about is how does she apply to herself and to her marketing what she believes in. Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting because you, she did some quantitative work there in terms of figuring out the maximum number of clients that she wants. And then yeah. from there, figured out, okay, how to take care of herself within that context because taking care of herself means she will take care of her clients better. And it also means other estheticians can see her as kind of an aspirational figure by mm -hmm. someone who is able to make a certain amount of money while also loving her life. So it's very interesting how self-care for her is turning into an important part of her business. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, and, and exactly, and like you say, and that's what's often funny is to think about how do you apply, as an entrepreneur, how do you apply what you sell to your clients to yourself? How yeah. do you apply what you sell to your client uh, to your own business? And like you said with her in terms of the quantitative numbers, it's all about figuring out how much money she really needs. Yeah. And that's very often a question with entrepreneurs that we naturally say, well, as much as possible, more, more, more. Mm -hmm. But we know in the health and wellness world that more is not always better. And on that note, it's time for our break. Thanks again for everyone for joining us today. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with business coach, creator of Masterpieces, and my collaborator for the Abundance Cubed Adventure and Expansion, Noam Kastuki. We're reviewing last month's coaching session on the topic of selling your products and services. Stay close and we'll see you soon with more cool stuff. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. GMOs or genetically modified organisms are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Introducing the Abundance Cubed coaching program on Gen R Holistic Radio. Wellness entrepreneurs who integrate the best of modern and holistic approaches will fix our broken food and healthcare systems. So host Sandra Malhotra and creator of Masterpieces, Noam Kostuki, are going to empower them to do just that. We will help five entrepreneurs grow and unlearn limiting beliefs during this program. You too can learn alongside them by turning into Gen R Holistic Radio the first Tuesday of each month. Join us for an adventure in expansion. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. 
And welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with business coach, creator of Masterpieces, and my collaborator for the Abundance Cubed coaching program, Noam Kastuki. We're so thrilled that you joined us today. Very interesting that the cases of Jonay, Perul, and Sarah, so, so unique in terms of how their journeys are evolving here and what you're teaching them about maximizing their business. It's, it's really interesting. So <laughs> we have another interesting case here. This is Lisa, and she is a movement specialist and Feldenkrais practitioner in Michigan as well. And like you said uh, at the beginning of the program, Lisa is becoming much braver as far as technology is concerned, really taking charge of her website and even expanding what she's doing with technology. And one wonderful thing that she's doing is starting to make a lot of videos. Mm -hmm. And she includes the videos in her weekly blogs, uh, which you can read about on our Abundance Cubed for Wellness Entrepreneurs Facebook page. Uh, they get lots of views. Oh, sorry, that's the monkeys. <laughs> I, that sounded like a dog. <laughs> oh, they sound crazy, yes. <laughs> They're very scary when you don't know what it is. The first yeah. time you hear it, it's like, what is going on? Um, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, that was funny. But what's the one thing that she's doing now are a lot of videos because being a movement specialist, she can make beautiful videos about different exercises that you can do to treat various conditions. So, and you gave her some really good pointers for making good videos. So maybe you want to just talk about this whole area that Lisa's getting into right now. Yes. Um, I'll tell you the truth. I got so ingrained in the conversation. I didn't actually make many notes um, about Lisa. So I'm going to speak out of what I remember yeah. um, rather than what I can actually read. What, what's clear with Lisa, the thing is that she's got, again, something very visual that works in a very different way than with Sarah. Sarah has visual stuff but uh, that work more in photos. Yes. Because it's the final result, the before and after sort of result that is most important with Sarah. Yes. Well, with Lisa... Um, th th there's not really a before and after that uh, is necessarily as visually impactful, but the movements, the showing how the exercises happen, how the process happens, is definitely the value that she has. So a lot of the conversations with Lisa is about how she can show how and why she does what she does. I know that one of the exercises that um, I did with her, um, we did actually through um, uh, remote coaching by email, is also working on what are all the reasons for which people come in and want to work with her. And so she made a long list of questions of, you know, uh, people, they want to play golf better. They want to... Uh, have more better movement when uh, they have sex. Uh, they want to be able to live the grandchildren uh, when uh, they spend time with them. They want to be able to uh, dance without painting their back. And she's made a huge long list. And so what we're looking at now is that once she now knows what are all the things that people want from her help, she can make videos about all these topics. 
And she does already a lot of classes. She does a lot of things that are visual. And she doesn't necessarily even need to do extra things. Whatever she does with her current client, she could film and then put online. So what's, uh, what, for, for me, the, the, the big thing with Lisa is both using what she already does and maximize it and uh, use what she knows about her clients and what she knows about the people who come to her to create beautiful online content that she can send people. Because there's nothing more powerful for her than talking with someone at a party who says, oh, you know, I play golf. And he says, oh, well, okay, cool. So how's your swing? Do you have uh, any pains in your back? Oh, yeah, sometimes I get a bit of pain in the back. Oh, you know what? I've got a great video um, that I made about how to reduce pain in the back for people who play golf. And now that for her is the best marketing because if someone watches that and it works for them, they're very likely to be interested in more. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so those videos could be a really excellent sales and marketing tool for her. And that's, that's what's unique about Lisa is the power of videos. Um, now to take a step back, Janae has also started using videos a lot. Uh, how to type videos for farming, how to grow tomatoes, how to deal with this certain type of plant or that certain type of plant. So uh, she's also figuring out how to use videos, though it's different. Lisa's videos could be a much more powerful sales and marketing tool for her business. And it's really awesome to see her being very confident and making these videos. And you also gave her some pretty good advice about making videos in general, just based on your experience. I can't remember. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what you said. I'll tell you what you said. So you said that preparation really is the key. And if there's any way to do many videos at once. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and to do more than one video at one because, okay. Yeah, because preparing for it, just getting herself ready, setting up the environment, getting the models ready, everything uh, takes a fair amount of preparation. And so if there's any way that she could do more than one at a time, that would really benefit her. And also, like you said, um, getting creative in terms of where she gets her models from. She could do trades. With other entrepreneurs, she could charge a reduced rate for a service if someone's willing to be videotaped. So you were encouraging her just to think out of the box as far as how to uh, get people, other people involved in her videos. Yeah, and how to show the reality of how it, how it works. Yes. It's always the thing with, with these kind of services is that you go on a website and you see a physiotherapist or a movement specialist you don't really know much. Yeah. And you can read as much as you want. It really doesn't tell you anything about the vibe of the person. So for Lisa, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's really about her finding ways to show herself on the camera. In terms of the preparation, absolutely. The, the challenge that for the moment, she's always been doing them one at a time. And it's great because it makes it easy. So she's been doing it with her mobile phone. But if she wants to start being more professional about it, the key to do that is to prepare a series of videos because you want videos to be between a couple of minutes to maximum 10 minutes 
uh, nowadays, uh, no video goes on the internet for more than 10 minutes. It's very, very rare, except TED Talks. You really want to keep things short. So the mindset of being filmed is the hardest. What I find is that being in front of the camera at the beginning is the most difficult. Once you get into a flow, you forget about the camera. Once you're into a flow, you feel stuff that work and you get into a type of energy that means that you can record a bunch of videos together. And so in one afternoon, if you have someone who can help you and stand on the other side of the camera, prompt you questions, you can record for a good couple of hours and then you get all the little bits, you edit them down and now she has, she has a backlog of videos. And so she can, you know, she may only need to do the, the recording once a month because she, she gets all the videos done and then she releases them one at a time. I think that's where people get wrong is that when they record 10 videos, they want to release everything in one go. It's mm -hmm. like, well, but they're there. I don't want them to be sitting here and do nothing. But there's a value in waiting and letting them come at uh, the correct pace. So when you're recording a video, how do you come off as relaxed and authentic? Because that's really what the viewer wants to see, right? How, how, do, you, how do you do that as someone making a video of yourself? So for that, there's, uh, there's different ways for different people. And again, what's important is to find what works for you. The key thing, the key uh, principle that's the same for everyone is forgetting that the camera is there. Okay. The moment that you forget that you're speaking to a camera and you think and you know that you're speaking to someone, you go back to being natural and to have a real conversation. So I know that for me, for example, one of the things I've done myself is that I used to do a lot of uh, filming myself with the camera in front of me. And I found it very daunting because you're looking into an empty circle and you don't necessarily know who you're talking to. So you have to imagine that there is potentially someone sitting in front of their computer listening to you. It's very disconnected. What people do in this case is what generally works is to have someone on the other side of the camera who asks questions, who prompts you. Yeah. And once you've got a person prompting you, you can speak to that person. And what you want is to learn the practice of speaking to that person in a way that is broad enough that it feels like you're speaking to, to the audience. That's a lot easier when you're speaking to the person behind the camera. And also um, from the, the eyes uh, change when you look at someone versus when you look at an object. When you look in the eyes of someone, um, something happens um, with the eyes that uh, changes, you know, that makes them, I guess, that, that, that helps with the connection. And I'm sure that uh, that must have some sort of effect because your eyes, you know, sort of change in different conditions. I, uh, I'm not sure of the, the science behind that. I, I'm not claiming any research there, but I really wouldn't be surprised that there is uh, some truth in the fact that the eyes change when, uh, when we look into someone else's eyes versus when we look at, um, at a camera. Because I can see myself when I've got videos of me speaking in front of the camera, my eyes look more blank. Mm. They look more empty. Yeah. Well, when you look at someone and there's someone on the other side, there's more life in the eyes. So when doing videos alone, what I found, for example, for myself is that uh, walking works, works great. Because when I walk, I can't be looking at the camera. I'm looking at where I'm walking. And so that's how um, it, it works for me. 
for some people, it may be and when she does group classes, it may be as simple as just putting the camera somewhere in a corner and she doesn't have to think about it. It yeah. records the whole hour or the whole hour and a half or whatever long it is. And at the end, she can cut the one minute, two minute, five minute that she wants to share. And on that note, it's time for our break. Thanks again for everyone for joining us today. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with business coach, creator of Masterpieces, and my collaborator for the Abundance Cubed Adventure and Expansion, Noam Kastuki. We're reviewing last month's coaching session on the topic of selling your products and services. Stay close, and we'll see you soon with more cool stuff. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. GMOs or genetically modified organisms are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Introducing the Abundance Cubed coaching program on Gen R Holistic Radio. Wellness entrepreneurs who integrate the best of modern and holistic approaches will fix our broken food and healthcare systems. So host Sandra Malhotra and creator of Masterpieces, Noam Kostuki, are going to empower them to do just that. We will help five entrepreneurs grow and unlearn limiting beliefs during this program. You too can learn alongside them by turning into Gen R Holistic Radio the first Tuesday of each month. Join us for an adventure in expansion. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with business coach, creator of Masterpieces, and my collaborator for the Abundance Cubed coaching program, Noam Kostuki. We're so thrilled that you joined with us today. And now on to Jill. And Jill is the director of what's now called Pathways, it's a brick-and-mortar health and wellness center in Fort Collins, Colorado, where a lot of holistic practitioners practice out of, and where there are lots of meetups and various other programs that are associated with health and wellness. And Jill has been going through, really since the beginning of the year, uh, the thinking process of how she wants to rebrand this business because it's something that she purchased and she wants to transform it. And what was really interesting about that coaching session was she made a comment, 
oh, we're going to do one more rebranding and then we're going to be done. <laughs> right? <laughs> it was like that. <laughs> yep. I wanted to do it one more time and then be finished with it. And you made a really good point. You said the reinvention may never stop. Yeah. So, so very important to get comfortable with that. So, yeah, talk about entrepreneurs and reinvention. Yeah, this is, it was so funny. Like you said, she, and, and, and I could, and, and I knew when she, the way she said, you say, like you, you said, is she, it was just so much in a way relief in the sort of like, this is the last time. Once I'm done with this one, I'm never going to have to do this again. And I knew that the woman would challenge her and say, hey, but what if, you'll actually have to constantly need to change and you're going to be constantly doing rebranding that somehow it would deflate her excitement about that one being the one. And that's something with entrepreneurs to, to remember often for her is to be prepared for constant change. And for her was really to figure out how to see change as it happens and as it needs to happen rather than being rather than resisting the change and then being in a situation where she's in now which is that she has to do everything in one go and everything kind of just being so exploding a lot of the thing um, for Jill is putting in place systems so that she can figure out what is happening as it's happening and what are the changes that need to happen consistently in incremental ways rather than waiting for uh, things to have collapsed to, to make a revolution. Yeah, so how do, you, how do you get entrepreneurs comfortable with this notion of reinventing themselves as needed? How do you, how do you know when you need to reinvent something or tweak something? How, 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 do, you, how do you stay aware of all that? Because you're so mm -hmm. busy executing on the plan that you so carefully put into place, <laughs> how do you also stay aware of what's going on around you so that you can pivot, shift, reinvent? Shift, yeah. How do you do that? Well, in, in, uh, well the, actually, Jill, Jill did it exactly the way that I see, uh, I see it happen most of the time is that um, if we remember, if we go back a few sessions ago, Jill's been doing a bunch of different quantified selves. She's been doing a bunch of quantified selves in which she's uh, figured out how she spends her time, her money, um, how things are going in her business. So a lot of uh, the steps for her that led her to being like, hey, something needs to change is because she took the time to essentially meditate on where she was now. And so for her, it was triggered by being unhappy and by things not being the way she wanted what we worked on uh, during this session was for her to start thinking about thinking ahead of that. And so putting in place metrics and ways of asking herself the questions of where am I at against my plan? And is my plan still, does it still make sense? The only way to do that is to have some sort of uh, regular monitoring, regularly asking yourself the question, do I need to make change? And what changes will need to be made in the future? And that can only be done by doing an exercise of making a hypothesis. We said, okay, so if you have this percent conversion rate and you want so many clients, you will have to call so many people. She does that. Either she can just say, you know, well, there you go. That's the plan. I'm just going to do that. And it has to work. Or she's prepared for change. And she says, okay, that's the plan. 
I'm going to do this and every week I'm going to check what is my conversion rate and I'm going to monitor. And if I said initially that my conversion rate is expected at 20%, once I've made 10 phone calls, I check, do I have two clients? If I don't have the two clients, then I need to ask myself, what is not right? What do I need to change? And maybe the answer is simply that the conversion rate was too high and that it's not 20%, but 5% or 1%. And now you can sort of work backwards to figure out, well, if that's the case, then how do we change the strategy? In other cases, it may be simply that it's not that the conversion rate has a problem, but it's not, she's not talking to the right people. Maybe she needs to talk to different people. And so that can only be done by her doing the, what I consider to be a meditation. It's meditating on what is actually happening versus what you want it to happen. And to be fearlessly honest with how things are actually going and not to fall into the wishful thinking of, well, you know, it, it's going to somehow be good. Uh, the important takeaway then from figuring out when you need to reinvent yourself is to consistently have some sort of metrics that you look at or monitoring where you take a sober look at where everything is at and figure out, okay, do we need to change? A really great example of this is um, a company called Netflix. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yes. Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Because they were so popular even five years ago, six years ago for DVDs in the mail. You would get your movies by DVD. Now, by this time, other companies like Blockbuster who did videos uh, or starting to lose relevance as block as uh, Blockbuster was a brick and mortar, whereas Netflix was uh, by mm-hmm. mail. You got things by mail and you kept that for as long as you wanted, there were no late fees, and then you send them back, it was so completely convenient. But then they didn't become irrelevant, they figured out how to stream movies. So now you stream movies with Netflix. So that's a really great example of companies like Blockbuster who have fallen into irrelevance, whereas Netflix, for example, keeps innovating and keeps reinventing itself. Absolutely, Another, another example that's very similar is Kodak. Yeah. who had a lot of digital film. Um, they had the technology for digital cameras, but didn't actually put it to market with as much effort as they could because they were worried that it would affect uh, the, the analog film uh, market. Oh. So they were worried to shoot themselves in the foot, which is silly because they ended up shooting themselves in the foot by not <laughs> right. moving forward, Right. That's about all the time that we have for today. So let's get ready to wrap up. So thank you very much, Noam, for your very insightful review of your conversations with our entrepreneurs. My pleasure. It's uh, always fun to review what's happening with, uh, with the entrepreneurs uh, as a whole and, uh, and seeing it in time. And what's really fun, actually, is that next week, a couple of the Abundance Cubed entrepreneurs are going to join us on the show. We're going to have Jonay Debrule, the organic farmer, and Sarah Mask, the esthetician. And we're going to get their perspective on so many of these things. Because typically, during the monthly Abundance Cubed show, it's Noam and I talking about our perspectives 
uh, and uh, know summarizing what was discussed and what was really powerful in the coaching session. So it'll be really interesting getting their feedback as well. So really looking forward to that. Thank you again, Noam, and thank you everyone for joining us today. Look forward to seeing you next week. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.